Section eight of Myths of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Mary Schneider. Myths of the New World by Daniel Brinton. Chapter three, part two. The ancient inhabitants of Haiti, when first discovered by the Spaniards, had a similar genealogical story which peter martyr relates with various excuses for its silliness and exclamations at its absurdity perhaps the fault lay less in its lack of meaning than in his want of insight it was to the effect that men lived in caves and were destroyed by the parching rays of the sun and were destitute of means to prolong their race until they caught and subjected to their use four women who were swift of foot and slippery as eels these were the mothers of the race of men or again it was said that a certain king had a huge gourd which contained all the waters of the earth four brothers who coming into the world at one birth had cost their mother her life ventured to the gourd to fish picking it up but frightened by the old king's approach dropped it on the ground broke it into fragments and scattered the waters over the earth forming the seas lakes and rivers as they now are those brothers in time became the fathers of a nation and to them they traced their lineage with the previous examples before our eyes it asks no vivid fancy to see in these quaternions once more the four winds the bringers of rain so swift and so slippery the Navajos are a rude tribe north of Mexico, yet even they have an allegory to the effect that when the first man came up from the ground under the figure of the moth-worm, the four spirits of the cardinal points were already there, and hailed him with exclamation, Lo, he is of our race. It is a poor and feeble effort to tell the same old story. The Haitians were probably relatives of the Mayans of Yucatan certainly the latter shared their ancestral legends for in an ancient manuscript found by dr stevens during his travels it appears they looked back to four parents or leaders called the tutoxiu but indeed this was a trait of all the civilized nations of central america and mexico an author who would be very unwilling to admit any mythical interpretation of the coincidence has adverted to it in tones of astonishment quote, in all the aztec and toltec histories there are four characters who constantly reappear either as priests or envoys of the gods or of hidden and disguised majesty or as guides and chieftains of tribes during their migrations or as kings and rulers of monarchies after their foundation and even to the time of the conquest there are always four princes who compose the supreme government whether in guatemala or in mexico this fourfold division points not to a common history but to a common nature the ancient heroes and demigods who four in number figure in all these antique traditions were not men of flesh and blood but the invisible currents of air who brought the fertilizing showers they corresponded to the four gods bacab 
who in the yucatan mythology were supposed to stand one at each corner of the world supporting like gigantic caryatids the overhanging firmament when at the general deluge all other gods and men were swallowed by the waters they alone escaped to people it anew these four known by the names of can mullock ix and kayak represented respectively the east north west and south and as an oriental symbolism so here each quarter of the compass was distinguished by a color the east is yellow the south is red the west is black and the north is white the names of these mysterious personages employed somewhat as we do the dominical letters adjusted the calendar of the mayas and by their propitious or portentous combinations was arranged their system of judicial astrology they were the gods of rain and under the title chak the red ones were the chief ministers of the highest power as such they were represented in the religious ceremonies by four old men constant attendants on the high priest in his official functions in the most civilized branch of the red race as everywhere else we thus find four mythological characters prominent beyond all others giving a peculiar physiognomy to the national legends arts and sciences and then once more we recognize by signs infallible personifications of the four cardinal points and the four winds they rarely lose altogether their true character the quiche legend tells us that four men who were first created by the heart of heaven hurricane the air in motion were infinitely keen of eye and swift of foot that they measured and saw all that exists at the four corners and the four angles of the sky and earth that they did not fulfil the design of their maker to bring forth and produce when the season of harvest was near until he blew into their eyes a cloud until their faces were obscured as when one breathes in a mirror then he gave them as wives the four mothers of our species whose names were falling water beautiful water water of serpents and water of birds truly he who can see aught but a transparent myth in this recital is a realist that would astonish euamerus himself there is in these aztec legends a quaternion besides this of the first men one that bears marks of a profound contemplation of the course of nature one that answers to the former as the heavenly phase of the earthly conception it is seen in four personages or perhaps we should say modes of action that make up the one supreme cause of all hurricane the breath the wind the divine spirit they are he who creates he who gives form he who gives life and he who reproduces this acute and extraordinary analysis of the origin and laws of organic life clothed under the ancient belief in the action of the winds reveals a depth of thought for which we were hardly prepared and is perhaps the single instance of anything like metaphysics among the red race it is clearly visible in the earlier portions of the legends of the quiches and is the more surely of native origin as it has been quite lost on both their translators
go where we will the same story meets us the empire of the incas was attributed in the sacred chants of the amautas the priests assigned to take charge of the records to four brothers and their wives these mythical civilizers are said to have emerged from a cave called pacari tampu which may mean the house of subsistence reminding us of the four heroes who in aztec legend set forth to people the world from tonacatepec the mountain of our subsistence or again it may mean for like many of these mythical names it seems to have been designedly chosen to bear a double construction the lodgings of the dawn recalling another aztec legend which points for the birthplace of the race to tula in the distant orient the cave itself suggests to the classic reader that of aeolus or may be paralleled with that in which the iroquois fabled the winds were imprisoned by their lord these brothers were of no common kin their voices could shake the earth and their hands heap up mountains like the thunder god they stood on the hills and hurled their sling stones to the four corners of the earth when one was overpowered he fled upward to heaven or was turned into stone and it was by their aid and counsel that the savages who possessed the land renounced their barbarous habits and commenced to till the soil there can be no doubt but that this in turn is but another transformation of the protean myth we have so long pursued there are traces of the same legend among many other tribes of the continent but the trustworthy reports we have of them are too scanty to permit analysis enough that they are mentioned in a note for it is every way likely that could we resolve their meaning they too would carry us back to the four winds let no one suppose however that this was the only myth of the origin of man far from it it was but one of many for as i shall hereafter attempt to show the laws that governed the formations of such myths not only allowed but enjoined great divergence of form equally far was it from being the only image which the inventive fancy hit upon to express the action of the winds as the rain-bringers they too were many but may all be included in a twofold division either as the winds were supposed to flow in from the corners of the earth or outward from its center point thus they are spoken of under such figures as four tortoises at the angles of the earthly plain who vomit forth the rains or four gigantic caryatids who sustain the heavens and blow the winds from their capacious lungs or more frequently as four rivers flowing from the broken calabash on high as the haitians draining the waters of the primitive world as four animals who bring from heaven the maize as four messengers whom the god of air sends forth or under a coarser trope as the spittle he ejects toward the cardinal points which is straightway transformed into wild rice tobacco and maize constantly from the place of the lord of the world seated on the high hill of heaven blow four winds pour four streams refreshing and fecundating the earth therefore in the myths of ancient iran there is mention of a celestial fountain arduisur the virgin daughter of ormuzd whence four all-nourishing rivers roll their waves toward the cardinal points 
therefore the tibetans believe that on the sacred mountain himayata grows the tree of life zampu from whose foot once more flow the waters of life in four streams to the four quarters of the world and therefore it is that the same tale is told by the chinese of the mountain kuantun by the brahmins of mount miru and by the parsis of mount alborz in the caucasus each nation called their sacred mountain the navel of the earth for not only was it the supposed centre of the habitable world but through it as the fetus through the umbilical cord the earth drew her increase beyond all other spots were they accounted fertile scenes of joyous plaisance of repose and eternal youth there rippled the waters of health there blossomed the tree of life they were fit trysting spots of gods and men hence came the tales of the terrestrial paradise the rose garden of feridun the eden gardens of the world the name shows the origin for paradise in sanskrit paradisa means literally high land there in the unanimous opinion of the orient dwelt once in unalloyed delight the first of men thence driven by untoward fate no more anywhere could they find the path thither some thought that in the north among the fortunate hyperboreans others that in the mountains of the moon where dwelt the long-lived ethiopians and others again that in the furthest east underneath the dawn was situate the seat of pristine happiness but many were of opinion that somewhere in the western sea beyond the pillars of hercules and the waters of the outer ocean lay the garden of hesperides the islands of the blessed the earthly elysian it is not without design that i recall this early dream of the religious fancy when christopher columbus fired by the hope of discovering this terrestrial paradise broke the enchantment of the cloudy sea and found a new world it was but to light upon the same race of men deluding themselves with the same hope of eternal joys the same fiction of a long-lost garden of their youth they told him that still to the west amid the mountains of paria was a spot whence flowed mighty streams over all lands and which in sooth was the spot he sought and when that baseless fabric had vanished there still remained the fabled island of boyuca or bimini hundreds of leagues north of hispaniola whose glebe was watered by a fountain of such noble virtue as to restore youth and vigor to the worn-out and the aged this was no fiction of the natives to rid themselves of the burdensome guests long before the white man approached their shores families had started from cuba yucatan and honduras in search of these renovating waters and not returning were supposed by their kindred to have been detained by the delights of that enchanted land and by the reveling in its seductive joys forgetful of former ties perhaps it was but another rendering of the same belief that pointed to the impenetrable forests of the orinoco the ancient homes of the caribs and the arawaks and there located the famous realm of el dorado with its imperial capital manoa abounding in precious metals and all manner of gems 
peopled by a happy race and governed by an equitable ruler. End of section 8